Father, this morning we just thank you, Father. We just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. Because, Lord, the joy that you have given us, nothing and nobody can take it away. Man did not give it, and we will not allow man to take it away, Lord. It is from you. It is from heaven. And we just want to thank you, Father. In the midst of everything, we have the joy of the Lord. And that is our strength, O Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. This morning, I come to your children everywhere. Wherever they are, at home, at work, traveling, commit them all into thy hands. Hospitals, ICUs, you are there everywhere. One touch can change their lives, Lord. One touch, that's all it takes, one touch. Reach out and touch your people today. Meet them again at their point of need. Our need is you, Lord Jesus. We may be thinking we need so many things, but Lord, our real need is you. For in you, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, Lord. Thank you, Father. We come at this time into the hands. I pray, Lord, you speak to us. You teach us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So we go back to <coughs> Galatians 5, 6. Only one thing matters. What is that? Faith working through love. Okay, two things. Both. Both you need. Both. Okay, love without faith. It's like a, it's like a river dammed up. Okay. Faith without love can achieve a lot of things, but ultimately you become the loser. It can achieve a lot of things. Okay. You can move mountains. Okay. You can do a lot of things, but ultimately when you stand before God for judgment, uh, you lose lot or everything. So one thing matters. What is that? In Christ Jesus, God for God's people, one thing matters. Faith working through love. So that's how God works. Okay, remember, everything that God does, he does it by faith and through love. Even John 3.16, when we say, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Why did he give his begotten son? By faith, because he knew an elect was there. He was just not randomly giving his son to be sacrificed on the cross, expecting nothing. He knew by faith, even before the foundation of the world, all those who would be saved, he knew. And for their sake, he gave his son. Okay, So this is not random things, because God operates by faith. But his faith, he works through in love. Okay, So it's faith. Okay, Faith in the one that works, and the motivating power or the strength to keep on going. Okay, you need motivation. One of the reasons we gather, like we say, you know, do not stop gathering. Why? To encourage, to spur one another to love and to good works. Okay, you need motivation. So what is the greatest motivation? Faith is a very powerful motivation, but more powerful than faith is love. And when you put this together, Okay, when you put this together, it's a, what you call, it's an unbeatable combination in the kingdom of God when you put faith and love together. But, remember, we have to focus on faith. 
Okay, focus on faith and then surrender every day, Lord. Fill my heart, the heart, Lord, you poured, let it manifest. But we have to focus on faith because we are called to live by faith. My righteous shall live by faith. My righteous shall live by faith. And then God says, it is impossible to please God without faith. So if I have to please God, I need faith. I may have a heart of love, full of love, but it is faith that works. And if there is no faith, I can take my love and do it in things in which it displeases God. It displeases God. Okay, You can use faith, love and displease God. But when you use faith, you please God because the direction of faith is always at the voice of God. Neutral faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So faith gives you direction. You know it is from God because God is the author of faith. Man is not the author of faith. God is the author of faith. So going back to ABC, simple things we need to keep going back because God is keeping adding people into the kingdom of God. A lot of young ones out there, age-wise maybe old, lots of Hebrews 11. One. A lot of young ones out there and we need to understand the ABCs, the fundamentals of faith because this is the struggle is there. Is there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you look at over there, before faith can come, hope comes. Okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So what comes first? Not faith, it is hope. You see, why is, why is that if faith comes first, then everybody to whom you preach will be saved. But the only ones who will will saved is somebody who is hoping for something. There are a lot of religious people who are desperate. They are hoping, who will rescue me from this body of death? They are hoping somebody. And then when they hear the message, faith comes. But when people have no hope, no interest at all, they hear, they are not bothered. Okay, so hope comes first. Okay, where there is no hope, faith won't work. So hope comes first. <coughs> and you can't have hope without no faith or much faith. It can make you miserable and desperate. Okay, hope on its own is terrible. It can make your yeah heart. Okay, and a lot of people. Okay, I mean, I'm t- telling you, this this faith thing is not isolated to God alone. Faith is by which we live. The unbeliever also lives by faith. But not in faith in God, but he lives by faith. Marriages, relationships exist by faith. And uh, there is hope. But the problem is, the substance is in faith. And where there is no substance in your faith, faith also means trust. Like, Like that is between a husband and a wife. When trust goes, hope goes. Hope goes. People get married with great hope. They have all, they have read, they have heard, they have seen movies, sang songs, and they have all these hopes built up. They get married. And when they get married, for some time, hope is there. And then the faith starts depleting. Faith in whom? In this person. Whether it's a man or a woman. And realize, you know what? What I hoped for and what I am getting doesn't match. Doesn't match. Okay, doesn't. This is Leah's situation. She got married and she thought, okay, now I've got married. He's my husband. He will love me. But he doesn't love her. 
Okay. And she said, okay, now I have a son. He will love her. He names all her children according to her hope. But the problem is there is no faith in this man. This man doesn't love her. Then the fourth child, she turns her eye to God. And praise breaks out. So we need to realize faith and hope. You cannot detach these two things. In relationships, both matter. No, You cannot tell somebody, hope in me. But the person says, but I have no faith in you. Faith in you. Okay? Okay? Then when God says, hope in God, you need to realize you cannot hope in God unless you build your faith. You build your faith. Okay? So please remember, hope in itself is not substance. The substance of your hope is your faith. If your faith. The more you add to your faith, your hope starts growing stronger and stronger. That's what he's saying. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. For example, let me see. My, my phone. It's an iPhone. Okay, I don't have to hope for this. It's mine. It's mine. I have it. But this is what iPhone 7 or 6 or whatever. Now, if I hope for iPhone 13, I need to have faith. Faith either in myself. I have the money to buy it. Faith in somebody who will buy it for me. Or here from God, 2023, I have kept an iPhone 13. For, it happens, okay, for, for you. Okay, he says, I have kept it for you. Then you don't know how he will give it, who he will give it, but you have a hope in God. You need to realize, for what you have, you don't need hope. You have it. What you do not have, okay, so first comes hope, okay. But for that hope to be real, there needs to be faith. So I can either have faith in myself. But remember, depending upon the person, his capacity, his buying power, his influence, your hope and faith will waver. Will waver. Depending upon the person. So when we are talking about biblical faith, we are talking about the person who is speaking. That's what the Bible says. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he is. Who is he? He is God. He is almighty God. Okay, when you're talking about God, it's different from any man. Even the kings, when they were drunk, said, unto half my kingdom. He can't say more than that because he says, all my kingdom give to you, the person says, and cut his head off, that he never comes back. Half at least I can fight with you if you turn your tables against me. Okay, but that's only as much as they can. See, the powers of every human being, doesn't matter who he is, is limited. God is unlimited. So we need to understand that when we are talking about faith, you cannot separate faith and hope for. Hope for. You cannot separate this for. Both go together. But for your hope to be real, it needs substance. And the substance of your hope is faith. Now we are not talking about man's faith. Like I said, everybody lives by faith. If you do not have faith, you go mad. Honestly, if you do not have faith, you go mad. We are not talking about biblical faith. Everybody has. Let me tell you, if one person loses faith that I will not see tomorrow, you will go mad. You will not sleep. You will go crazy. Probably you will die before the day is over because your blood vessels may rupture under the pressure. Okay, so we all live by faith. Why is Gideon studying? 
because he has hope and he has faith that I will finish, I'll get a job, I will start. All this is there. So we have built animals don't have this. That's that's the nature of man. Man was created in the image of God, and God operates everything by faith and hope and charity. Okay? Like God doesn't need hope <laughs> because he sees the end from the beginning. But we need hope because we don't see like he sees. So he has faith. He has love. We need hope. Okay. So this is fundamental. Why? Because a lot of people confuse between hope and faith. They are not the same. But for we are looking at biblical faith. When it comes to biblical faith, remember the author is God. Look unto Jesus, the author. And the finisher of God. So the initiator of biblical faith is always God. He could do it directly like in the Old Testament times or like in Apostle Paul's case and all. He called in um, Peter going to Cornelius' house. He could do it directly, which is rare, but it is always through a person or when you are reading the word of God, God speaks to you. But he is the author. Okay? For faith to come, there is something that is fundamental, which is called hearing. Hearing. Without hearing. Okay, now if I were to tell Gideon, okay, love Gideon, which you are doing inter first year, right? I say inter first year, if you come first in your class, I will give you this watch. Faith will come. Pastor said, that's how I got my first watch. Because my dad was principal, mom was teacher, they would never give me first in the class. I used to be so frustrated saying, I do well, I know I am first, but you don't give it to me. They said, you're the principal's son. If we give it to you, they'll say you're showing partiality. So my mother said, if you get first in the board exam, I'll give you my watch. A watch in those days is not a big, small thing. There were only two watches in the entire town. One was my father's and the other was my mother's. And I was stopped in the board exam and she gave me her watch. I know it is HMT sauna. I can still remember gold chain. And I told you in three days I walked like this. But where did your hope come from? Where did your hope come from? Because you heard something. You cannot hope for something which you haven't heard. You cannot believe or you cannot have faith for something which you haven't heard. Because a lot of people get so disappointed being, I believed for this, but it didn't happen. The question is, who told you? Who told you? Yes, there are 9,000 promises in the Bible, but you cannot go randomly pick what you want and say, I believed. The question is, did God speak to you? Did God speak to you? Is the question. Yes, there are promises. You cannot just take a promise and run with it and say, it is written, I believe. No, 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 no. It is written. But the Bible says faith comes from what is written. No, it says from hearing. And hearing the word of God, the word of God will give you credence to your faith. You know, what you heard is true because it is written. Because people can believe saying, I heard, and then you look in the word, there is nothing like that in the word. So who spoke to you? Who spoke to you? Was it God? Because God has exalted or magnified his word above all his name. So you said something. It doesn't apply to scripture, the principles of the word of God, how the kingdom of God works. And you say you are believing. Then who spoke to you? Because even last night, I want to don't speak, speak it publicly. We hear about pastors and their wives talking junk about, we believe, we have heard this and this thing and all. It's absolute nonsense they're talking about. doesn't fit anywhere with scripture. They're telling people. Okay? So, that's not how faith works. So when God 
gives you hope is a God of hope. Romans 15 and verse 13 is a God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? In believing. See, believing is a faith factor. God of hope cannot fill us with all joy and hope and peace unless there is faith. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit. And if you come to verse 4 of the same chapter, scripture is brought in there, okay? Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of scriptures might have hope. Might have hope. So that's how it works. Okay, the scripture is, scripture is there. Okay, and when we, you heard about, you went to an evangelistic meeting, like in my case, night, a young man came, witness to me, told me about Jesus. I believed, but I didn't know. That when you get getting saved, you're believing and all. It is not a, what call, supported by scripture when you have never read the word. When Peter is speaking in Cornelius' house, that's the first time they're hearing the word of God and they believed. They have no scripture to support because they have never heard or read scripture. So you need to understand, okay? So you get saved. And after that you get saved, when you read scripture, you see your faith is what you call strengthened because you see, this is the way people have got saved. So you are not in isolation. This is how God does things. Now scripture is strengthening your faith. Hallelujah. I am not one. I am a multitude among the saints for 2000 years ago. God has been saving people like that and you get baptized because you realize this is what is happening. So scripture is strengthening your faith. Okay, that's where scripture comes because whenever you hear something, you believe for it to be strengthened because first time you hear. Because like we are saying, we have two young girls taking care of my mother. Both of them can't read. Both of them can't read. <laughs> and every time, and you need to realize a lot of people you meet in life are people, if you get to meet people, no, they cannot read. And God in his mercy said, faith comes from hearing, not from reading. comes from hearing. Okay? And they hear. And they have to hear. But the question is, if you hear, do you believe? So, we always have to come back to faith because faith can be either in yourself. Yourself can be your money. Your knowledge, your certificates, your strength, your family, your contacts, so many things are there in yourself. Or your faith can be in others. In others. Okay, like a child has faith in their parents. The child in itself is helpless, but is in their parents. When you join a company, why do you look at the name of the company? Because the bigger the company, the more reputable the company, more faith you can have because there is secure. When you are investing in funds, there are funds which are called blue chip funds. Why? They have been tested in the market and they gave you very good uh, returns. Okay? When sovereign funds or nations, they are rated by some private entity called Moody's has given A plus A. And depending if your rating goes down, the sensor crashes. How did this happen? It's all got to do with faith. 
has got to do with faith. When Moody's demotes a nation's sovereign rating in, in their economic capacity, what happens is sovereign wealth comes down because investors start pulling money out by saying they cannot be trusted. Trust level has gone down. This is how the entire system works. So either it is faith in you, you have faith in 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 what in others you have faith in god like when you come to come to know this is how the enemy in politics you know, how the enemy uses camouflage you know how to take like if you look honestly i mean we are not exalting man but if you honestly look at leaders of countries like president trump he was one of the few presidents who kept almost all his promises what he promised the people See, if you make ten promises, if you can keep five, you are a great leader in modern day. He kept almost all his promises, what he promised the people, and they know that, so they have to accuse him through mud and sling. But now all the things which he actually said is coming true. That they actually set him up, they lied about him, everything. The Twitter files are coming one by out and you realize it was a whole setup. But the whole question is, is it coming out too late? Because no, crowds are fickle. One of the most powerful passages in modern, in secular uh, literature is Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. When Brutus and all come and speak over uh, Caesar's dead body, they are all <laughs> shouting, Zindabad to Brutus and crowd. And then after that, Antony comes and says, would you please allow me to speak an eology? They said, okay, you are allowed to speak because it is Caesar and we don't want to look unkind and all, but don't speak anything good about him. And it's very good. He uses tongue in cheek. Okay. And he says, friends, Romans, countrymen, I have not come here to praise Caesar and all, but ultimately using tongue in cheek, you know what he says? He actually exalts Caesar. By the time his speech is over, the entire crowd has changed. They want to kill the others. Okay. And this is, so what happens is people miss the point. He's, okay, you were so offended by his tweets. Yeah, right? That was on Twitter, right? Now the Twitter files are coming out. Now how come you are not offended? They lied to you. They cheated to you. They deceived you. They took power from your hands, put a moron in the White House who is destroying the nation in front of your eyes. You are not offended. You are not offended. But this is the problem with people. This is the problem with him. People are fickle. So God does not want our faith to rest on emotions. He wants our faith to rest upon what he has said. Because the God of Israel never changes. Never changes. That's one thing about God. He's absolutely steady. He never changes. His yea is yea and his no is no. Okay. We need to get this fundamental. So it can be either faith in self, faith in others, or faith in God. And the thing is that if it is faith... It has to have substance. Have substance. If Sammy here is planning to buy something, he's made up his mind to buy something, you know behind that decision there is substance. He would have checked how much money he has. Or if I borrow, how much capacity do I have to return it? You cannot have faith. Without substance, there has to be substance. If there is no substance, it is not faith. 
And faith is the substance of the things hoped for. Get this very. And the thing, the evidence of things unseen. And the thing is, as, as the evidence keeps on growing, it's like a courtroom. As the evidence keeps on growing, your case gets stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, sometimes lawyers will listen to the whole thing and says he listens. He doesn't listen like we are saying. He's listening and he's looking through, legally going through the entire thing, looking at the, all the evidence and says, no problem, I'll win the case for you. Where does his confidence, you have no confidence at all, but he has absolutely, because he has seen what you haven't seen. I got enough evidence to prosecute this case and win it for you. So as the evidence grows, your faith, the evidence is a substance. As it keeps on growing, what happens? Your faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Okay? This is one of the reasons why God says in scripture, you know, he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. The reason is when you say yes and your yes is always yes, people's Faith in you grows. When your yes is maybe so, you know, after some time. See, one of the fundamental, I'm telling you, you know, love is there. Faith is there. Okay. Because honestly, I'm telling you, as a pastor, when I sit with people, and do you love him? Yes. Do you trust him? No. So the issue is not that there is no love. She can't be trusted. He can't be trusted. How do you live together? See, it is easy to live alone. But when two people come together, one of the fundamental things that is there is you need love and you need faith. You need both. When you talk about faith, it means trust in somebody's ability to keep his or her word. That's what it means. Because faith comes from hearing and it comes from words. It comes from words. Okay, that's what, like one of the things my father told me when I was in class, he never promised somebody something which you cannot keep. Okay, never promise something which you cannot keep. And most of our issues that we are facing is not primarily in God. It's with men, with people. Because we put trust in people and their words and they promise you so many things. And after some time we take our eyes of God and we start putting our eyes on men, people. And at the end of the day, the best of men is still flesh. And when these things start failing, failing, no, we start losing hope. That is why biblical faith does not start with man. It starts. That's why prophecies, everything has to be judged. Because you know what? It has to be judged because you cannot put your faith in prophecy because the prophet sees in part. He sees in part. And the part he sees, he may not even understand. The part you receive, you may misunderstand. May misunderstand. Like God is showing in afternoon time when he is going to pray a vision of a sheet full of animals and he said, skill and eat. And his immediate response is, you know, Lord, I have never done. What God is saying, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand the vision. And of course, people have taken that vision, run with it. They still don't understand the vision. They said, God said, I can eat everything because they told Peter. Okay. 
you need to understand we may not understand but, but the, when god speaks you know when he speaks there is faith okay so the promises of god are there and the bible says there yes and amen in christ jesus but the question is he has given us exceedingly great promises all that is there but the problem is you can't pick and choose you cannot latch on to everything you still need to hear you still need to hear okay i shall have houses that i did not build and wells i did not dig hello in a city there are no wells there are bore wells there are no wells if you go to tivandrum city you will not be allowed to dig a well it's a rule every well that was there years when we were studying the government shut it down so how do you hold on to the promise i will have wells which i did not dig when the government has closed all the wells so you have to be very very sure what god is speaking to you because people take things and run but that's not how faith comes faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of god prophecies can confirm or say that you have believed in wayne god is telling you what you heard was not from me it can either confirm or deny but you have to hear from god personally personally one on one you have to hear simeon knew he had heard from god that he would not die until he had seen the baby child the savior that was his promise nobody knew that that promise was not given to anybody else just to one man Now you can't take that promise and say that I am. And God says I didn't speak to you that. All this told us he didn't even say that to Anna. There were two godly people over there. What he spoke to Simeon, he did not speak to Anna. Okay, so you need to be very careful about these things. Yes, promises are there. Some promises can be general. We can receive it. General promises. Hmm? but we are talking about when promises become specific so the first thing you need to realize is faith comes from hearing even salvation comes from hearing that is why the preaching of the gospel salve if you go to romans 10 verse 14 and 15 what 14 and 15 how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed but how can shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard you cannot believe in something which you have not heard okay you have not heard then how can they hear unless somebody speaks the one who speaks about christ is called a preacher here as a preacher how can they hear without a preacher how shall they preach unless they are sent so suddenly you see an whole thing is coming what is all this purpose for that somebody may hear people gather people raise money they support ministries they send people the preacher goes they preach so somebody can hear why so much because of the value of your soul even if you earn the whole world and lose your soul the value of a human soul that is why the the importance of this message but once you have preached once you have spoken the onus is not now upon you woe unto me if i do not preach but after i have preached the onus is upon the hearer because there is no guarantee that everyone who hears will believe that's verse 16 there's no guarantee 
but they have no have not all obeyed the gospel for i says says lord who has believed our report this no guarantee but that does not matter paul says you know what i am innocent of everyone's blood because i have preached i have preached but that is what the important thing you need to hear so that you can believe where there is no hearing there is no believing that's that is fundamental that is the first thing okay when you hear and when you believe what happens is 1 peter chapter 1 and verse 3 the first thing that god believing is that faith has come in you are believed blessed be the god and the father of our lord jesus christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope what do we have now we have a living hope living hope that's the first thing god deals with the first thing he deals with is that you know what every man the richest to the poorest most powerful the powerless is the fear of death it's like a vacuum after i die see religion cannot cover that fear okay see after death what is hope what is hope death is the end of all hopes but god says no death is the beginning of a different kind of a hope i am birthing you into what living hope but we says yeah but faith uh, is the evidence of things hoped for how can i hope i need evidence the evidence is the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead that is the evidence till jesus rose from the dead there was no evidence for that hope no religion gave that hope Christianity is the first one that gives people genuine living hope because there is evidence in your faith what is the evidence my son has risen nobody rose everybody in the old testament who were resurrected died he lives forevermore so that is the evidence so i have a living hope my faith has substance why does my faith has substance my faith has substance is because jesus is risen Jesus is risen. Okay, please understand this one fundamental thing. You know, when we when we witness to people, when we evangelize, when we teach, we need to be very careful. But there are two hopes. One is the hope of salvation. The other is the hope of glory. These are fundamentally different. For the hope of salvation, my faith is in Christ and Christ alone. I cannot add anything to it. not even repentance because you do not know how much you need to repent to get saved you don't know yes. you don't know because if you put your faith in your repentance you will be repenting till your last breath and never be sure have you repented enough no your faith is in the finished work of jesus christ and christ alone that is the hope of your salvation the other thing is dependent upon you the hope of your glory Don't confuse these two. Never confuse these two because if you confuse these two, you will be hopeless. Okay. Okay. This is the difference. The Christ in you is the hope of your glory. But the Christ in me is the hope of my salvation. Both. Okay. This is the difference. Okay. And you have to... to be very very careful otherwise you will you will be miserable 
miserable person, miserable person. Because once you are born again, where does your hope come from? You have a living hope. What is that living hope? The Spirit of Christ. With through the Holy Spirit, God has sealed you until the day of your redemption. That is your living hope. But your hope for glory, God says, now the weight is upon you. Weight is upon you. These are two different loves. My security for my salvation is in the love of God for me. My security for my hope and my glory is my love for God. God didn't say that, I love you, therefore you will keep my commandments. He said, no. He said, if you love me, you love me. These are absolutely fundamentally different. Because I, God loves me and I believed in the work of his son, I entered into the kingdom. That does not mean I will inherit the kingdom. Salvation is a gift. It's not an inheritance. It's not an inheritance. The prodigal son, when he came back, he inherited nothing because he had wasted it all away. The father said, everything belongs to the other one. But you are my son. Lord, people will enter into the kingdom of God with nothing. Because they blew their inheritance away. That's why the Bible says children have no inheritance. What do children know? Forgiveness of sins, that alone. But you are still a child. You are still a child. So don't confuse between these two. Because first, if you are not secure in the love of God, you will not move further. No. Think about it. No, The difference between like when you adopt a child, you know, let us say you adopted a child from a terrible situation, like our LHL small kids and all, when they came, and some of our GSS kids came in the beginning, they were traumatized and everything. And they're always, their fear was that, will my next meal come? Yeah. So when you give them their first meal, they will eat as much as they can, because they don't know where the next meal is coming from. Okay, very come. You know why? There's total Totally insecure. But the same, sitting in the next is another child who is your own child. He eats casually, because he knows his next meal is coming. <laughs> Why is he? Because he's secure in his father and mother. So he lives a normal life. This one is always living in fear, an abnormal life. So you have to be secure in your salvation. It is entirely on God, not you. It's a gift. That's what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says. Nobody can earn it. Nobody will be able to boast. Do you know I reached heaven? Because I did so many good works. God says, no. My son did a good work. And you believed in it. And that's the only. This is fundamental. Absolutely fundamental. And we need to be very careful about it. Because you know what? Otherwise our faith will not have substance. The substance of my faith for salvation is entirely Jesus my Savior. I believe in his work alone. I put no trust in my works. I put no trust in my good works. I don't put trust in my evil works to take me to hell. My good works to take me to heaven. I trust in his work and his work alone. Lord, I believe. I don't even trust in my repentance. I will tell you the truth. Okay? I will tell you because you have to meet varied kinds of people. Once I met a single person. Okay? Single person. And we are talking. Everybody loves the Lord and everything and all this thing. And while we are sharing this thing and he said, Pastor, you know what? I have slept with so many people. I said, and? No, I'm okay. I love the Lord. I said, but don't you realize it is sin? It is wrong? 
No, the Bible talks only about adultery. I'm not married. I said, have you ever read the word fornication? Yeah, but what does it mean? I said, go find it in the dictionary. The next day the person was broken because he did not know what it meant. Did not know what it was meant. You need to realize. You see, when the Gentiles came into the kingdom of God and uh, the Jerusalem council goes, says, don't put weight on them. Don't put weight on them. Tell them, refrain from immorality, eating, strangled, so blah. Two, three things. Why? Judaizers, you are under the law. You've been under the law for so you know what is right and wrong. You can be taught. These people are just bache, little children who got in. They have no clue what is right and wrong. Don't put weight on them. Just tell them, get in and teach them. And as their knowledge increases, they will change. Don't put the weight of the law on them because they never knew what the law was. They never knew the, what the law was. It was not that they were supposed to live like that, but let they grow. As they, but the fundamental thing is that every Gentile, that is why even in Corinth, he says there is a man living with his stepmother, I'm handing you over to Satan, Satan for so what? Soul may be saved. He's saved. He's saved. He's a man who is saved. He's a man who is born again. But in his soul, he's messed up. Because he does not know all these things are wrong. But when they read the letter, they all repented. He said, the man also has repented. Put him back again into the fellowship. Do you understand how salvation works? That's why I keep saying, the only thing you need to be absolutely sure about is that you are a child of God. Be sure. Don't assume that thing. Rewards and all you can be assumed. A lot of people who wrote exams assumed. When the result came, their truth came out. But it still did not matter. Okay. You can assume as much as you want about rewards. That is okay. There will be an enlightening there. But, okay. Okay. Don't assume about your salvation. Be sure. Absolutely be sure that you are born again. Because the proof of your salvation, the proof of your salvation is the work of Jesus Christ. Have you believed in it? That is the substance of your faith substance of your faith. Let me ask you this question. The man's dying on one side. Lord, when you come to your kingdom, remember me. That was all it. He said, verily I tell you, today you shall be with me in paradise. What was the substance of his hope? The simple fact, I understand you have a kingdom and you're king. I can't do anything now, but I accept the lordship your lordship over this. And Jesus said, that's all it takes to get in. You have no works to boast about, but you are saying in this, you are believing in my work. That's all it takes. You will be inside. You get inside. Another fellow had the same opportunity. See, who has believed our report? Father, forgive them for the... This man, both are listening to all these things. And they're hearing sometimes, if you are the son of God. So both are hearing. One believed. Another did not believe. One got in. One stayed out. It's as simple as that. But if this man had lived probably would have been a giant of faith. Because to believe at that point like that, 
when every voice over there is contrary to what you are believing every voice including the voice of the other one is contrary to what you are believing to stand there in isolation hanging on a cross and believe boy it's some faith <laughs> if he had lived do you know what he would have been like apostle paul a great preacher okay so you need to understand we have to because the whole idea is the thing is that you see like we can read and hear all the fundamental principles of the word of god and i'm telling you let me tell you honestly the new covenant is tougher to live than the old covenant because what god demands from us he never demanded from them okay so when you hear it what do you need you need faith because faith taps into the grace of god the power of god to keep it god is not saying you heard a message this is what you are supposed to do now go and do it don't do it because nobody could even moses couldn't do it but it says new covenant there is something there is the spirit of grace in you the power of god in you and the love of god in you a solid power plus love I told you, you know, remember in the long days when we talked about it, you no, know, imagine a man have all the love. I have honestly have a lot of love in the, my heart and I look at my pastors who come and all of them. I really want to go out and help all of them, but the problem is I have no power. <laughs> Prime ministers and all have lot of power. They have no love. <laughs> no love. So love and power is an unknown. You can you imagine what 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 a combination it is. And God says, you know what? If you stick to what I call you to do, I'll give you both. It is there. I give you my love and I give you my power. Both. Give you my power and I give you my love. So you need to realize Jesus Christ of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit. When he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, God poured his love into his hand and power. Yeah? And third is yeah. And power. When the Holy Spirit comes, you know what? Full of love. Full of power. What did he do? He went about doing good everywhere. Healing all. And you need to realize, that is how he began his ministry. How did he begin his ministry? He began his ministry with healing. Why did he heal people? He was just displaying his power. And his love. And his compassion. So that people could have faith in the message he was preaching and faith in him. Unlike us. When we pray, when we pray for healing, the thing is that we don't pray, heal in my name. You know, we say heal in Jesus so that people will have faith in the name of Jesus. That is why people, evangelists have to be very, very careful that they don't glorify themselves or their ministries. People need to put in their faith in Jesus. Because you may be there or you may not be there. Your ministry may take fruit, your ministry may not take fruit, but people can still believe in Jesus. This is the danger of modern television evangelism. It is exalting themselves or their ministry. But the whole idea is that people will believe in the name of Jesus and not your name. Your name. So what's happening is there, the Bible says over there in John 2 and verse 11. 
This is the beginning of science Jesus did in the Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Remember, this is in isolation. It's a wedding. Wine ran out. Mommy came and said, he said, mommy, okay, I shall do it. Told the servants, couple of servants, he called them and said, fill the cans, take it. The ones who watched and witnessed what was happening was the disciples. Nobody knew what happened there. The disciples knew. And the Bible says they believed in him. They believed in him. You see? Now they are putting their faith in him because they saw his power and also they are starting to see his kindness. Okay? When you are in a wedding, you are invited to a wedding, he ran out of wine. How does it bother you? You are kind. You don't want the host to be humiliated. It seems like they are our relatives. Mom has come and said, okay, let us save them from humiliation. No, because love covers. So that day the host escaped without being humiliated. Because, But who covered it? Jesus covered it with both love and with power. Because, you know, to cover sometimes you need power. Love alone cannot cover. Love alone can cover. Okay, if there is an issue, uh, issue among let's say there are five or six children, and there is issue among one of the children, the one who has the power to cover is the dad, not the youngest one. The youngest one says, "You, you, dada, dada, light, dada, light, dada, light." And father says, "Keep quiet. Don't speak about it again. That's silent." See, the one who covered is the father. On the other, father calls the eldest one and says, you lied to me today. And the youngest one says, you didn't lie, you didn't lie. He says, you shut up. She doesn't have the power to cover. You have the power to cover or expose. Okay, so you need to realize, love in itself does not work unless it has power. It has power. So Jesus is being anointed by the Holy Spirit, full of love, full of compassion, full of power. And his disciples started believing in him. Because healing, because you know why? We are all primarily body conscious. And we are not mind conscious, we are body conscious. Okay, otherwise that's why you wake up and you first take care of your bodies. You have to empty certain things, you have to wash your face. You are not thinking, oh, in the first thing in the money, oh, let me, which book shall I read? No, first you are body conscious. And sickness affects the body. Everybody is conscious about sickness. And in how Jesus, to preach the message of salvation from death to eternal life and the evidence of death, it's a sickness in your body, he began his ministry with healing and deliverance. And the word of God says in Luke 4 and verse 14. 4.14. Okay, Luke 4.14. And then Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what happened? The news of him, the news of him went all around. What is the news that went? It was not about his message. It's not. Let me tell you very clearly, it was not his message news that went around. You know what went around? There is a healer in town. Healer in town. And the difference was that if you go for his healing meetings, he will preach the kingdom. They heard the message. They heard the message. The message. But people started hearing. Hearing. Okay? 
we are, I mean, I'm not finished because this is Sunday evening service, okay? Now we go to Mark chapter 5 and verse 25 and 26. 5, 25, 26. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had was no better, but rather grew worse. This is a woman, 12 years, okay? She put her faith first in her money and in man. If you don't have money, you cannot put trust in a doctor. The best doctor may be available, but you have no money. So she had money and she put are trusted many and suffered many things. One center for CT scan, another center for MRI scan, and they said, go test all your blood. She suffered because different doctors make you do different things. They're good natured. They just want a good diagnosis. But in that case, 2000 years ago, full of quacks. Okay. And she suffered. And the thing is that what is happening to her? A condition is getting worse. She had faith in her money and the physicians. Now she's getting worse and worse. Her money finished. She, she condition became worse. What has happened? She's lost all hope. What is lost? Hope is lost because there's no substance in your faith anymore. Doctors can't help me and I've run out of money. And then in verse 27, the Bible says when she had lost all hope, she heard. She did not hear about healing. That's what she heard. But she heard about the healer. She heard about Jesus. That's important, okay? Who did she hear about? She heard about Jesus. And the thing is that what she heard about this healer was different. No strings attached. You don't need an offering. Even Saul, King Saul, was not willing to go to Samuel unless he had something to give. Because it was he from those days these pastors were known. You want them to do something, you don't give them an offering, they won't even pray. Now pastors say, before I pray, transfer it by Google Pay, then I will pray. I'm telling you pastors in this city do that. Google Pay, phone pay, first let it cling on my phone, then I will lay hands on it. Okay? She heard the first thing. See, your faith has to have substance. Because remember, you have no money. You have no money. And you're hearing this one healer over there who doesn't demand money. You give him a free will offering. He will say, give it to one of the disciples who couldn't be trusted to. <laughs> okay. So, you, like I said, your faith needs to have substance. Okay. If you go to Apollo, you will, you will get well. But the problem is you don't have money to go to Apollo. But if you hear there is a doctor in Apollo who is very kind, if you meet him, he will put you as his patient and wave off the fees, your faith rises. So it's not that Jesus heals. The fact is that he doesn't demand anything. He doesn't demand anything. Okay? He doesn't demand anything. Second, she knew her disease. And she knew she wouldn't face rejection. Because she had heard his healing lepers. If you read the beginning of Mark, he's reading lepers. If he heals lepers, he will heal a woman with the issue of blood too. Kind of similar, no untouchability. She's, okay. You need to realize 
you have to add substance to your faith. The evidence is growing. I have no money. He demands no money. I don't have to fear rejection because I've heard he's very kind, very compassionate. He doesn't reject anybody. He doesn't say, I am too tired. Leave me alone from morning till night till the last patient is gone. He will pray over them. You look at Jesus' record. That's how he does stuff. Does it okay? So she, her faith, evidence, substance is building up, and then what happens? Faith is rising, even more evidence. You know what? Everyone who goes to him is getting healed, irrespective of disease or duration. Faith goes up even more higher. There is no category of sick person who went to Jesus and came back and oh, he couldn't heal this. Because he said, oh, 12 years, that is too long. Live with it. He never said that. 38-year-old man who has been crippled, for he was also healed. So you need to realize, evidence is being added to faith. Mm-hmm. See, when you have faith in God, through scripture, your substance should increase. Wow, 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 wow. Hey, come on. There is no gamut of human experience which he hasn't dealt with and overruled. Mm-hmm. Boy, he's walked over water, he has stilled storms, he has destroyed nations, he has raised the dead up. You look at what is in human experience that he cannot handle. The answer is nothing. You are building. That is how you should go into scripture. What you are building up is evidence. Substance is gathering. Your faith has substance. Meaning it's there is meat on your bones. It's meat on your bones. Okay, your faith is because she's looking at all these things. You will realize, wow, he's a person I can go. That's what I said. Whenever we present Jesus, be very careful. Our job is not to make him look better. Just present him as he is. People will come to him. He says, if you lift me up, the vessel that preaches the gospel is important. It may be the best thing for my health, but if the vessel is a hard vessel, and a bitter vessel, a nasty vessel, people will say, I will drink it from far and run away from that vessel. We have to be careful, because what are we preaching? What is this gospel about? For God so loved the world, not hated the world, so loved the world. So you need to realize, how did she have that faith? What did she hear about you? But the Bible says she heard about you. What did she hear about Jesus? You go through the rest of the Gospels, you'll realize, oh wow, this is what, he has power. Not only that, he has enormous compassion. Second, he's healing all kinds of diseases. There seems to be nobody untouchable for him. Faith is rising. So you see, substance is being added. Now you need to realize she hears much of the healing seems to be happening through the spoken word or touch. She said the spoken word is difficult because if I go to him, Lord have mercy, will say, what do you want? And the crowds are always there and she has to say, I'm a woman with the issue of blood. It's very embarrassing. One, she's a woman. Two, her disease is very embarrassing. And third, the law says you're unclean. There's a spoken word is how things are happening. And also she heard he touches people and they get healed. Now her faith, you need to realize why Jesus stopped. 
and looked all around until he identified and said, come and testify. Why? Because sheer, her faith, she added substance. If people are getting healed by a touch, it doesn't matter who touches whom. Either he touches me or I touch him. That is a different level of faith. You need to realize after that, even it is written, lots of others started touching. He's not saying he should touch me. He's saying, I will touch him. It's an incredible scientific knowledge. If I put my finger in or that wire touches me, I will get a shock. Okay? She's very scientific in her analysis. Okay? Okay? So she said, if only, if only, you know, so many people say, Lord, would you just come and lay hands? If only you may touch. She is saying, if only I may touch. Of faith. See, God in heaven is watching all these things. He watches, he hears our thoughts. He, he says, you know what? Adding substance after substance after substance to faith is becoming rock solid. Rock solid. Okay? And then if you go to Matthew 9 and verse 20. Matthew 9 and verse 20. Suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. If a touch can heal you, then it doesn't matter where you touch and from which direction you come. Okay, So she is saying, you know what, I am going to make it as less obvious as possible. I'm going to come from behind and I'm going to bend down and touch just the hem of his robe. And the father is watching. He said, do you know what this woman's? Her faith has so much substance. And the Bible says, when she touched what she wanted, Jesus stopped. This is how you add substance to your faith and your hope becomes real. If God has given you something, he has actually spoken to you something, you keep on adding evidence. Yes, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything is established. But for certain things which God says, there may be a hundred promises which correlates. Keep on adding, keep on adding, keep on adding, keep on adding. Because what is happening is now your faith is become absolutely solid in the person because you have a, see a pattern of his behavior. He's consistent in the way he honors faith. He's consistent in the way he deals with human affairs. All he's looking everywhere, he says, is there somebody who believes? Somebody who believes. And, this, and it doesn't matter to him. Anybody, okay? And that's why he's so amazed with the Roman centurion. Oh, um, this thing, myself, he says, I will come. He says, you don't have to come. You don't have to come. Because he's saying, you know what? This is how the word works. Word works. Okay, let us say a um, centurion sends a word um, through a soldier 50 kilometers away, bring, sell that fellow to come. He didn't stand here. The word reached there and came back. He didn't have to go. He says, you don't have to come. You don't have to come. You just have to speak. You don't have to come. Okay, you don't have to come. You need to realize all these things matter to God. Because God is looking. Does your faith have substance? You say you hope, but your hope is useless without faith. The problem is you say you have faith, but your faith has no substance. This is empty. 
Where is the substance of your faith? You are not making soup. You want to make meat curry. There is only bones. There is no meat here. Where is your substance? Where is your substance? And that is where we build. And you know what? If you go to Mark 5, the Bible says Jesus stopped. <coughs> Jesus stopped 532. Okay, 532 Never forget, he disciplines you because he loves you. God loved Miriam. So he told Miriam, stand outside the camp for seven days. You have to see it that way. Because these are the stories that is going in our mind. You unclean means seven days outside the camp and all those things. No, But you need to realize, what will cause you to come back over and over and again to God is not his power. It's his love. It's his love. So the whole Old Testament God's record of with, with Israel is that he loved them. They didn't love him most of the time. But he loved them. And therefore he still has got a covenant going on with them. Going on with them. So you will see she feared, trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he was not mad at all. He said, daughter, what did he say? Your faith. Your faith. He didn't say my faith. My faith. He said your faith. Your faith. Okay. That is how our hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The simple question. What was she hoping for? Healing. But the question is, did she have faith? Yes. Did she have substance in her faith? Yes. So the question we need to ask is, what are we hoping for? Is what I am hoping for, does it come from God? Does it come from God? Healing comes from God. So I can hope in healing. The question is, okay, my God is a God who heals, therefore I have hope in Jesus. I don't have hope in Krishna, because I don't know anywhere where Krishna healed anybody. I don't have hope in Shiva, because I don't see Shiva healing, he kills. So there are so many gods. Where does my hope come from? You have to hear. That's why Hindus and Muslims, if they hear a healing meeting, they all come. Because they have heard Isa heals. That is the reason they all come. Because they know Jesus heals. They know Jesus as a healer. And which is true. Now, he heals. But the question is, if you believe that he heals, what is the substance of your faith? Where does your faith come from? And in the same way, whatever you are hoping for, you need to have faith. Because hope without faith will make you desperate. You need to have faith. And faith comes from hearing. And hearing from the word of God. What you have heard, check it with the word of God. Check it with the word of God. Does it agree? Does it? So faith, you need to understand, it always pleases God. God, Jesus was very pleased in verse 34. He said, daughter, 
your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Be healed of your affliction. That's how it works. Every time. This is a principle here connected with healing. But this is a principle of life. What is that you're hoping for? What is that you're hoping for? Now, if I'm hoping for when I die, I'll be with God. God says, you hope? Yes. What is your faith? Why do you believe when you die, you will be in heaven? Where does your faith come from? What is the substance of your faith? I believe. What do you believe? I believe not in my works. I don't believe in my works. Repentance from dead works. I don't believe in my bad works. It will take me to hell. I don't believe in my good works. It will take me to heaven. I don't believe in my works at all. I believe in your work alone. Your hope has faith. And that faith has substance. If you add anything to that faith, it loses its substance. You have to be very careful. When it comes to salvation, this faith stands alone. It is entirely the work of God. When I go to heaven, I will have mansions and I will reign over ten cities. That's hope. That's a good hope. You should have that hope. What's the evidence? What is the evidence? Where does your evidence come from? Uh, wait for works. Works are good. But God does not say, uh, in, in, without works, it is impossible to please God. It does not say. First thing. It's not your works. It's the works, works of faith. Two, are they done in love? If these two are there, you have a living hope of what? That's what Paul is saying. I have this hope of a crown of righteousness. All those things that are promised, if you look in Revelation, uh, sorry, James 2.12, uh, 1.12 and 2.5, it is, it's all got to do with a living hope of inheritance. It is for those who love God, not whom God loves. He will receive the crown of life which Lord has promised to those who love him. So if you look at again, okay, which he has promised, rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him. Both are promised to those who love. So this is a different hope. This is not the hope of salvation. This is not the hope of salvation. This is the hope of rewards. If you mix one with the other, you will get dis- discouraged every time. Because think about it. How long will you live if you, every day you doubt your salvation? Just think about Pastor Vijay is sitting here. If Abigail and Emmy and all keep on coming and asking, Daddy, can I call you Papa? Then what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? No, do do you really love me? Am I your child? Think about it. How ridiculous it will no? look, no? But that's salvation. Okay? Now he will tell the three of them, now that you are my child and your father loves math, better love math. Me with my children, your father loves reading. Read. Are you getting it? Okay. Now that's different. They are not struggling. They are now they are not doing um, things 
because their father loves them. Let me see. Let me tell you. A lot of things children will do is simply because they love their parents. They will do. Joseph went all the way to Shechem to Dotha and it's not that he loved his brother so much. He loved his father so much. He wanted to bring a report to his father saying, Dad, I saw them and they are all fine. <coughs> Otherwise he would have said, I went to Shechem. They are not there. I'm sorry, Dad. No. I, lo- I love you. I know you're concerned. I know you're concerned. You're worried about them. They are in that place. They're dead or alive. Or so he went the extra mile. That's what Jesus is talking about. The law goes one mile. Grace, which is love, goes the extra mile. So we have to always ask, what kind of a Christian am I? What kind of a Christian am I? Am I under law? Or am I under love? Because love never fails. And I'm telling you, the nature of love is that it is a self-fulfilling thing. This is mystery in love. That's why God, because God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, and God said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, because you'll always see when parents give gifts to their children, the parents enjoy it more. The child forgets after two days, but they will take. You no, know, you go open your gift, and they're waiting today with the camera, and they will record it for the next twenty-five years. You know the look on his face. I remember the look on her face when she opened that gift. So who got the pleasure, the child or you? This is the mystery of love because love always gives. Love always gives. Not faith. Faith often takes. Faith often takes. So God says you can be great in faith, major in faith and be minor in love. But I tell you a better, a more excellent way. He says, you know what, put this together. Let your works of faith be done in love. He says, un beatable each time. It cannot be beaten. There's no combination that can overrule that. So we shall have Peter Sunday evening, Monday morning, and we shall pray.